this week on The Perfect Scam. I could hear people saying stuff like, did you hear Jeremiah's sick? I went and talked to his fiance and she informed me that Jeremiah had stage four kidney disease and several forms of cancer that was incurable. Everybody was doing anything and everything to try to make the last months of his life memorable. Everybody was giving, giving, giving. I thought to myself, he looks pretty darn good for having less than six months to live. Generosity. It's such a beautiful human quality born out of a selfless desire to help other people, even perfect strangers. And like so many human qualities, the internet has supercharged our capacity for generosity. Now we can help strangers across the world with a few clicks of a mouse, folks in need we might never have even heard about before. And tech tools make this even easier. One generosity website, GoFundMe, has facilitated $15 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars, worth of donations since 2010. That's all very wonderful. But criminals are very adept at corrupting this amazing force for good, supercharged generosity, and turning it into something that's pretty evil. Today's story will probably send a few shivers up your spine, maybe even make you rethink some of the donations you've made in your life. We don't want to crush anyone's generous heart, but we do want to make sure you understand that there are people out there who will abuse your spontaneous acts of love. Here's our story, Dying to be Ill. How's the weather in Minnesota today? It looks a little gloomy out. Uh, I don't think it's supposed to rain, but... It- it looks like it's gonna. <laughs> I have to say, I could listen to your Minnesota accent all day long. Oh, I don't have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from New Jersey, so you can you can hunt and peck for mine, and I, I'm, I'll swear I don't have one either. But I'm a liar. Well, my fiance is from New Jersey, so I'm I'm used to the Jersey accent. Then you know, you know the truth. <laughs> yes. That's Darlene Asher. You can tell she lives in Minnesota. And you can probably tell she has a very big heart. So big that she has spent years managing the local pub dart league. And she doesn't even play darts. Wait, a dart league? For folks who don't know how dart leagues work and why they're important, go ahead and explain it. So dart leagues are a great way for people to get out and meet each other. Typically, you join a league that is a specific night of the week. Typically, there's a two-person team is the most common, and you typically play 12 games against another team, and it just is a great way to get out and meet people. And you you have a season, right? I mean, you every Tuesday night for three months, you play each other, right? Correct. It's typically, you know, every every season, every three months, a new league starts. You have people that will play one night a week. You have people that play five nights a week. It just depends on how passionate they are about the darts. But yeah, it really, once once somebody starts playing a league, they just kind of get sucked in. It's a, it's a community. And that's part of the reason that I love 
being a part of that community. It's, it's like a second family. Darts is a game of skill, and the games can get pretty competitive. If you ever walk into a full bar and there's a hushed feeling about the place, followed by an eruption of applause, you probably stumbled into a dart league. But while the competition is serious, the game is mostly an excuse to chat. Darts is a little bit like, you know, like golf or some of these other sports where, you know, there's a time when you're actively playing, but then there's a time when you're standing around catching up, right? Correct. A lot of catching up. <laughs> yeah, probably more talking than playing in a lot of ways. Yeah, dart leagues could be done in about an hour and a half, but typically they're there for about three hours. Darlene spent years as queen of the local dart league, helping with schedules, making sure results are entered, the standings are updated, taking care of a zillion little details so everyone else can just enjoy themselves. I'm sure you know the type. More of a dart league mom, I'd say. Well, I'm not managing dart leagues anymore. However, it was about six years that I did it. I'm still very involved in the dart community, but I no longer do that as a career. So six years, 18 seasons. I mean, you're with these people a lot. Oh, yes. Very, very, um, just very close knit. I could ask anybody just about at any time for anything. And I know that I'm going to have someone there for me. So it really is like a second family. Oh, yes. It's very, we call it our dart family. Hmm. It's very close knit. And now that sometimes your second family is more fun to be around than your first family, right? <laughs> That's a true statement. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's yeah. certainly a lot more fun than, uh, than everybody's day job. Yeah, I agree. That's a, that's why I enjoyed doing it so much for so long. I just really enjoyed the whole, I don't know, that feel good feeling of, of just having other people out there that I could have fun with, but yet knew that they had my back. I'm wondering if you can recall a time when, you know, somebody just came up to you and told you something important, like someone in their family died or, or they lost their job or, I mean, it, and, and I don't need specifics, but has anything like that, you know, happened over the years? Oh, many times, you know, that that's part of being the Dart family is that we are a community and we are there for each other. So we've done many benefits. We've done benefits for um, Dart players, family members, and then, you know, for Dart players themselves, you know, do anything we can to help in a time of need and support all the people and their families. So if somebody had a sick relative or, or somebody had, um, you know, some expenses they couldn't cover, lost their job, you would raise some money for them? We would, we certainly would. I'll, I'll bet there's been more than a few times where somebody couldn't, you know, buy themselves a couple of beers to play darts and you said, don't worry about it, we'll cover it, right? Yep. <laughs> it happens more often than not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that brings us to Jeremiah John Smith. Jeremiah John Smith. He isn't in Darlene's Dart League. He lives in a town a few hours away. But among dart players, well, the very good ones get a reputation. And Jeremiah John Smith has a big one. He's one of the best players. And the way dart leagues work, well, there are regional, national, even global tournaments once in a while. And eventually, Darlene gets to meet this bullseye legend. We were in Las Vegas for a dart tournament. And it was a world tournament. 
and we met some people from the Rochester area, which is about an hour and a half from where I live. And Jeremiah Smith was one of them. Darlene is anxious to see this mini celebrity at his craft. We watched him um, in, in Las Vegas and then just through mutual friends that were there, we, we, you know, you typically, if, if you're not playing, you're, you're supporting or cheering on someone that you do know. Would it be um, too much to say that maybe you were, you know, a little bit starstruck? Um, I'm always humble to the players that really put the time and effort into their dark game. And so watching someone that, you know, virtually can't miss, I mean, they do, but they, they are on their game, you know, 95% of the time is always an awe moment. It's always, especially for someone like me that can't even hit the dartboard. Mm -hmm. So I just, I think, why did, how did they make it look so effortless? You know, how, how, how come their dart goes right in the bullseye and mine hits the coin box? You know, I, (laughs) I, I mean, it's always a, a, a moment where I just kind of like, you know, what a, what a incredible talent. It's really a talent that they have. Turns out when he isn't hitting bullseye after bullseye, Jeremiah is really generous with his time. After one match, Darlene and her fiancé work up the courage to say hello, and the three of them hit it off right away. Jeremiah even helps Darlene's fiancé, who is an avid darts player, tackle a bad habit he has by showing him how to be cool under pressure. He was a great mentor. My fiancé was, you know, probably five years into the into darts and still was learning a lot. and. And that weekend, Jeremiah kind of took him under his wing and and mentored him in, you know, helping him get a little better and learning how to to change his demeanor when he's not doing good. You know, it's a game. And he was very Jeremiah was very even keeled, didn't let didn't let a bad dart or a bad game even affect him in the least bit. And then my fiance, of course, from Jersey, he is very, I don't want to say aggressive, but when he'd have a bad game, everybody knew it. <laughs> uh, let's so, be honest here. He swears a lot. Yeah. So, Jer- yes, yeah, so he, he, he has a few choice words when he's not doing good. <laughs> so Jeremiah was trying, you know, he was like, you know, it's just a game. Now there's a, a game after this. And if you're upset, you're not going to shoot well in your next game. And After the tournament, they go their separate ways back to different parts of Minnesota, but they stay in touch. And they continue to see this famous Jeremiah at various dart tournaments from time to time. Well, just about any major tournament that happened, mostly in Minnesota, uh, we'd only travel to Las Vegas typically once or twice a year, but any dart tournament that would be, typically they run from Thursday to Sunday, and typically it means going and getting a hotel room for that that period of time. We would always be there, and so was Jeremiah. So we would see him two or three times a year, maybe maybe a little more at actual dart tournaments that were happening around Minnesota. And it is at one of these tournaments when Darlene hears a terrible, awful rumor about Jeremiah. 
So in October of 2016, we were at a large dart tournament and I was working the tournament and the, the vendor that I worked for was having, they do a player appreciation night. And so we rented a room at the casino and everybody that played in our leagues through our vendor, we did, you know, food and, and beverages and, and just kind of have a party. And Jeremiah and his, his fiance were there. And I could hear people saying stuff like, did you hear Jeremiah sick? And I was like, huh, what's going on with Jeremiah? So eventually, you know, you tell one person and then of course, you know, finding out that someone's sick, it kind of spreads like wildfire. So I, I went and talked to his fiance and she informed me that Jeremiah had stage four kidney disease and several forms of cancer that was incurable. Jeremiah, their dart hero, has incurable cancer. It's the worst kind of news, but, well, it's, it's even worse than that. You know, at the time, devastating, just devastating. His fiance was pregnant due in December. Jeremiah had a, a son already and his fiance, Amanda, already had a daughter and then they were going to have a baby together. So they were going to be a family of five with a father that, and husband as they got married, that was going to die within six months. That was his prognosis, he said, was six months. Are you 55 plus? There are many ways your community could use your help. As an AmeriCorps Seniors Volunteer, you can put your skills to work for the causes you care about, whether that's by becoming a companion for an older adult or a foster grandparent for a child, tutoring students, joining a disaster response effort, or fulfilling another interest. Choose how, where, and when you want to volunteer, starting at just a few hours a month. This is your moment to make a positive impact on your community and get back so much more in return. Visit americourt.gov slash your moment today. It was all unthinkable. Jeremiah was quite literally at the top of his game. All these wonderful life events on the way. And now, things at this fun tournament suddenly turned very very serious. I didn't say too much there because at that time it was supposed to be hush hush. He didn't typically, he said he didn't want anybody to know um, and was only telling like his close friends. But by the end of the tournament, everybody knew. And so probably at the end of the, the weekend, I went up and hugged him and told him that I'd keep him in my thoughts and prayers and that we were there for them if they needed anything. Um, do you remember how he reacted to you? Yeah, teary. Mm -hmm. He definitely would tear up. And of course, I would tear up. And he, you know, he was, he said he couldn't ask for better friends. You couldn't help but be sad because this was a person that always was there for everybody. He was, he was a mentor in the community. And so to think that we were going to lose such a good guy at a very young age was, was devastating. And when Darlene leaves the tournament that day, 
She isn't sure when or if they'd talk next. And also at this point, you were still only seeing him a couple of times a year, right? Yeah, correct. So, so you might have thought, maybe I'll never see him again if he's that sick, right? Yeah, it, I mean, that thought crossed my mind. Of course, thank you to Facebook. You know, I kind of followed what was going on on Facebook through his fiance and, you know, he would post periodically of how he was feeling, what was happening in his life, um, how sick he really was. Darlene doesn't have to imagine how sick Jeremiah is. She's following it all on social media. Here's a post she saved from Jeremiah's Facebook page during that time. As I sit here trying to think about where this game has brought me, it's crazy. The past two days have shown me something about myself and this game. The Dart family is as amazing as they come, always there when you need them most. Thank you. As far as myself goes, the stupid disease is taking something else from me. I will always have memories of Darts and all of you who I have been ever so lucky to have met. This weekend, I felt my disease taking something I love as much as anyone. Darts has been a love of mine for as long as I can remember. The amount of pain and being tired that I have tried to deal with is becoming too much for me to continue playing the game. I will always love the game and all of the people. Today showed me not only am I losing the battle, but I really don't have much say in what will happen happen next. Wow, that sounds almost like the Lou Gehrig speech. He's retiring from darts, basically? Yep. Wow. What happens next is... The Dart League community, well, it does what any second family does. It kicks into action, beginning with making sure the growing family has some nice days to remember when the darker days come. They did get married very shortly afterwards. One of the Dart players actually paid for their wedding so that they could be married before he passed away. Paid for the wedding, wow. Yes, Mm mm-hmm. There was two or three dart players that twice paid to bring Jeremiah to Las Vegas for dart tournaments so that he could have a last hurrah, per se. One time they paid for him and his fiance or wife at the time, and one time just the guys went. I mean, everybody was doing anything and everything to try to make the last months of his life memorable. And that includes doing whatever it takes to make sure he's comfortable as the days wear on him. He doesn't really have the strength to play full-day tournaments anymore. They got him his own room because they wanted to make sure that he could go back to his room and sleep in, you know, quietness, nobody coming and going. But, yeah, the the... The Facebook's posts were very much so his body can't handle it anymore. He's grateful to be there, but he can't keep it up. So tired, you know, his darts weren't great because he just couldn't do it anymore. He just didn't have the strength to be playing for, you know, eight to 10 hours. Watching all this unfold, Darlene can't just sit back and do nothing. She's thinking about the baby, about the young family without a dad. So she sweeps into action. She decides to use her role as queen of the Dart League to organize a big fundraiser tournament. Well, and so Amanda, his 
wife. They actually got married in December. Her aunt created a GoFundMe page. So when that kind of came up and the fundraising started, it was, we need to get this benefit done. So the planning began and it came together really, really fast. And we were able to have the benefit that February. And Darlene, well, she gave a lot more than her time to the cause. So tell me about the benefit. What did you do? So we had a dart tournament, silent auction, raffle. I think we raised about close to $20,000 between the silent auction donations, people's generosity of just, you know, we passed a hat at the tournament, even though everybody was giving, 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 you know, I think we collected like a thousand dollars in this hat that we passed just for extra, trying to, trying to receive extra funds to help the family. Now, what was the big ticket item for the silent auction? We, me and my fiance, actually donated a stand-up dartboard. Oh. Um, they're, they're about $3,000 at that time. So we sold raffles for that and auctioned that off or raffled it off. And then we had... Um, but that means you donated $3,000, right? Correct. Wow. Yeah. It was kind of the... It wasn't hard to do. This family needed help, and we were trying to think of everything we could to help raise money so that when Jeremiah was gone, his wife and children would have a little bit of something to, you know, help him stay from being buried in bills from all the expenses of a funeral and and all that. So, you know, Jeremiah quit his job because he said he was in so much pain, couldn't work. It was an emotional night for everyone. Jeremiah is even able to make an appearance. People that just came into the bar was joining in, just, you know, heartstrings being tugged every direction, lots of tears. I mean, Jeremiah cried several times at the benefit and also, you know, was very... My body's getting weak. My body can't handle this. Meanwhile, as the group spends their time trying to do all they can for Jeremiah to keep his spirits high, Darlene focuses some of her energy on Jeremiah's new wife, Amanda. This is all incredibly hard on Amanda, too. That was probably the first time that we probably bonded and built a little bit of a friendship. So I talked with her that night and she expressed how difficult this was for her working two jobs. Their, their, their newborn was two months old and Jeremiah couldn't take care of the baby because he couldn't hold his weight. It was too painful. And she was, she actually probably looked worse than Jeremiah just from trying to take care of him, take care of their newborn and their other children and she worked she worked and worked and worked I mean she worked her butt off to try to have income for their family Darlene listens and hears just how hard things really are so talking to her was trying to support her but also realizing how kind of 
messed up and crazy things were at, at home. He couldn't get out of bed. He couldn't help out with the kids. He would yell for her to come bring him something every time he wanted something. She was burnt out. She was absolutely, I don't know how long I can do this. I don't know how long I can do this. It is a cry for help, and who wouldn't cry for help dealing with a newborn, a newly formed family, and a husband who can't work facing a terrible illness? While Darlene listens, the fundraiser goes on to be a huge success. Everyone has a wonderful time, and the group raises a lot of money to help the young family. But Darlene's conversation with Jeremiah's wife leaves her very worried. And there's something else nagging at Darlene after that night. But I will say that even talking to her at that time, I felt a little inkling or a little gut feeling that maybe things weren't as they were. And that maybe she also was... I got the impression that she felt like he wasn't as sick as he was, but all she did was demand her help. Darlene lets herself imagine just for a moment that maybe Jeremiah is exaggerating how bad things are, putting his wife in a really tough spot, taking advantage of his diagnosis. No, 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 that's a terrible thing to think about someone dying of cancer. But the thought won't leave her alone. And then another darker, much more sinister thought keeps pressing into her mind. I will say, I do remember at the benefit thinking to myself, for a man who has all these, you know, forms of cancer and kidney disease, he hadn't lost any weight. He didn't look, I thought to myself, he's he looks pretty darn good for having less than six months to live. And, you know, no, no signs of, you know, no, no hair loss, no, no losing weight. Just in, in a sense, he still looked, he looked the same as he did the first time I met him. However, you know, it was a quick thought and passing because I would have never imagined that he wasn't sick. Well, as we often say at The Perfect Scam, sometimes that little voice inside of you has something very big to say. And when Darlene listens to hers, she learns a very dark secret. What is it? That's next week on The Perfect Scam. If you have been targeted by a scam or fraud, you are not alone. Call the AARP Fraud Watch Network helpline at 877-908-3360. Their trained fraud specialists can provide you with free support and guidance on what to do next. Thank you to our team of scam busters, executive producer Julie Getz, researcher Haley Nelson, associate producer Annalie Embry, and of course our audio engineer Julio Gonzalez. Be sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For AARP's The Perfect Scam, I'm Bob Sullivan.